Hi, everyone. Welcome to the San Diego News Fix, Name Drop Edition. Name Drop gets to know movers and shakers in our region. My guest this week is Roosevelt Williams III. He is the president and CEO of Black and in Business, a networking group here in San Diego that seeks to elevate the quote, overlooked and underserved. In this interview, Roosevelt and I talk about perfect San Diego days, pet peeves, a can-do mentality, and he ends on a really good piece of advice that includes the idea that you can fly. Here's our conversation. Roosevelt, thank you so much for being here with me on this name drop episode. Uh, I was hoping we could begin talking about, um, you are the CEO of Young Black and Business. Could you tell me the origin story of your organization? Oh, yes. So um, we're a limited liability corporation and uh, I'm the founder and CEO of Young Black and the Business. Young is the state of mind. So we have members of all ages in our eclectic meritocracy and our in our network of the color black encompasses and absorbs all of the colors in the spectrum. So we are inclusive. uh, We are diverse and uh, we are inviting. We provide instructional, educational, entrepreneurial content to bring early emerging entrepreneurs out of the darkness. And we define business as providing a solution for a problem that makes a profit. So we're solution-based. Uh, you know, I, per, I pretty much uh, solve conundrums for a living. So that's the origin of Young Black in the Business. So we've been incorporated since 2018. We have a podcast called Knowledge of Currency. We also have a, a, a manuscript. I call it a manuscript because we provide the educational, entrepreneurial, instructional content to early emerging entrepreneurs, a very fundamental basics, you know, how to uh, get a business certificate. Uh, what's the difference between um, a 501c3 and, and, a, uh, and a LLC, uh, how to get insurance, uh, pretty much how, uh, just fundamental premise, how to get a business banking account. So, uh, so yes, so I started Young Black in the Business because I believe if I had that information when I first started off, I'll be able to go further faster. And also, as an early emerging entrepreneur, I, I felt alone. I felt like a, I felt like a piece of thread. I felt, you know, I, I felt alone. Um, so, young black in the business has become a rope, so we could pull resources, lean on each other, and provide that positive reinforcement uh, regarding solving problems, solution based. Yeah, that's really cool. Solving problems for a living. So, what have been some of your, um, you know, great successes since 2018? Some of the great successes uh, since 2018, we've put on uh, speed networking mixers. We've held festivals. Uh, we've put on um, galas. We put on soulful Christmas events. We've pretty much the outreach in the community to give entrepreneurs a safe place to say who they are, what they do, and how to be contacted. So uh, let's start off with uh, last year. We had to change our business model. We went from brick and mortar to click and order during the pandemic. And I believe that mindset and that philosophy has definitely helped catapult uh, young black in the business to where we are today with our digital manuscript. Um, it, it was well received because we were having face-to-face networking meetings and, and gatherings. And because of uh, the COVID-19, we had to be, you know, we had to go into our homes and, and stay put. However, businesses still had to function. So I identified businesses that had to have that foot traffic and had to have that doorbell ring. You know, when you walk in their business and you hear the chimes or you hear the bell, uh, they they were kind of going under. So a lot of our businesses I ran our network, I said, you know, let's start this digital manuscript. So instead of meeting in person, we could just click a button and we can drive traffic to your 
landing page, to your website, uh, to your business. So, so that was well received. So then we just comprised and made a manuscript of all of that. So, so to keep our network virtually connected during the pandemic. So, uh, so that really has taken off from us because we share the digital manuscript link to all of our distribution partners, 501c3s, businesses that have a database. So individuals get to share, highlight, be recognized in the digital manuscript. Um, and that goes out to everybody's network from the Senegal Urban League to a Paving Great Future, some of our some of our um, nonprofit partners. So it's being viewed. And now people want to be on the front page, on the uh, on the centerfold, on the back page. Uh, we share our content on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram and via our podcast, Knowledge the Currency. So. Um, so, so yes, so that's with the manuscript and, uh, yes, it's, it's been uh, well received thus far. We're up to about 42 pages. We have a distribution partner that's able to send out the tangible, uh, copies to home and business addresses. So we're on our, we're on our ninth edition that will be coming out, uh, in June health is wealth and movement is medicine. Uh, we, so speaking of the year. And so, so that was, uh, during the pandemic, uh, we just recently, uh, we have a community partnership with the San Diego Padres. We're working on our second year. L uh, last year with the Padres, we had a nice uh, event, sold out some tickets, sold out some suites. This year, 2022, uh, we came up with the idea, let's do it on the 75th anniversary of the Jackie Robinson uh, breaking the color barrier when he made the, brought the color barrier, his 75th anniversary. So we teamed up with the, uh, with the Padres and uh, my company, Young Black in the Business, uh, with other community partners and uh, nonprofits and other leaders, we were able to bring 75 student athletes from Lincoln High School, Morris High School, and San Diego High School to the Padre game. Some of the students haven't ever been to a Major League Baseball game, haven't even been to Petco Park. So just to hear their, their experience was definitely uh, enlightening um, and it was inspiring. Uh, so, so that's what's going on. Uh, in January, we also had an event at the um, at the Science Fleet Museum. Uh, so, our manuscript is quarterly. So every quarter, we like to have a magus a magus a manuscript release party. So at these manuscript release parties, that gives the opportunity for our network to to come together. Uh, to engage with each other so it won't be a cold call or a cold sale you already know who's on page 12 you know who's on page five you can see and identify and relate to the individuals so we actually uh sold out the science fleet museum in balboa park um i believe early january uh it was a uh no february february 28th we did oh. it during black History Month. it was uh it was well received uh, so, so we're very thankful for that and then we just had a gala uh, in december i'm going backwards so i'm not going to chronological <laughs> That's okay. That's how, that's how it came out. So yeah, we had a gala. Uh, one of our partners is also a Saquon Casino. So uh, we had a gala in the Wachina Ballroom where we had approximately 175 attendees. We had a council president pro tem Monica Montgomery speak. We uh, our mistress of ceremonies was Carlene Chavez. Uh, we had it was very well received. Um, so so uh, this year. Saquon has invited us back and now we're going to, uh, the, the grand ballroom has already been rented out. So mm -hmm. now we're going to be in the grand ballroom and this is going to be some more networking, some more honoring, honoring our network, uh, individuals that have uh, met their metrics that had, uh, you know, exceeded their expectations. So, so that's that. Uh, so coming up, I went backwards. Now just uh, going forward, uh, tomorrow we have a career fair, 
uh, at the Skyline Branch Library, we're working with the San Diego Building Trades, where we want to see more individuals from the low moderate income community engineer their excellence, engineer their community, become stakeholders. So we teamed up with the San Diego Building Trades to offer um, high opportunity paying positions and with benefits to the inner city community so they can engineer their community. So we, uh, the Senegal County Building Trades has a pro uh, has precisely uh, 21 different trades, pipe filters, welders, carpenters, electricians. We wanna be able to uh, offer those opportunities to opportunity youth, individuals that may not be going to college, but maybe want to learn a trade. We wanna get them in a pipeline to legacy. So we're having a, a career fair tomorrow uh, April 30th at the Scholarly Branch Library from 12 to 2. We have approximately a, a half a dozen trades coming out. They're looking, even if you don't know how to use your hands or, or, or in construction, you can become an apprentice and earn while you learn. Mm -hmm. So after that, you know, and we also made a magazine for them as well for, for IBEW Local 569. So in August, moving forward here, now, now I'm going back forward, we're going to have a, uh, a virtual BizCon. Uh, so, so just to let you know that we actually rented out the San Diego Convention Center for April 5th and April 6th of 2023, where we're going to have a face-to-face -face BizCon. However, for August, we're going to have a virtual BizCon where we're going to have a, you know, trade show with our, you know, coming out of COVID-19, people are still, you know, still uh, social distancing to the to a degree, but we still want to be able to do business. We still want to get that uh, invisible virtual virtual money and solve uh, virtual problems. So uh, we're so we're getting ready to launch our virtual BizCon uh, here in April, uh, in August, excuse me. It's going to be awesome. Uh, so, so, so we got that. That's and amazing. Then, uh, yes. I, well, I know this is great. I want to absolutely include all the information you want, but I want to talk about you more. <laughs> so, okay, let's do it. My, well, you, my, my apologies, I got on a tangent. No, I love, on. no, it's great. You know, you absolutely should get information about your group there. I mean, it's pretty incredible what you've been able to do in a short amount of time. I mean, those are major partnerships. Those are a ton of important events at important places. Uh, so that's amazing. But I wanted to ask about you, um, you were an entrepreneur. You said when you got started, you didn't really have that roadmap. How did you get started? What were you, you know, how old were you? What were you trying to accomplish? So perfect. I'm glad that you asked that question. So I started out with, um, with the entrepreneurial spirit. And I knew that I uh, had an entrepreneurial spirit at a very young age when I was uh, with some of my uncles. I have a lot of uncles and uh, I, have, I have a lot of cousins. I'm a third generation San Diegan. And uh, my grandfather said, uh, who wants to who wants to drive to the store? And we're all probably like three, five, you know, maybe six at the time. And they all got quiet. And when I uh, stepped up and said, I will, and I'm probably like four years old, I will. And all my cousins and uncles looked at me, you know, crazy. I knew at that very moment that I was a born leader at a very young age. I knew that I was going to say, take responsibility when nobody else wanted to. So, so I just, uh, I grew on that. My, my great grandfather, Matthew Cook Sr., he's a cobbler. Oh, he's, you know, he's not a cobbler anymore. He's about 92 years old, but that's how he bought his first vehicle at North Island, repairing shoes at the uh, Naval Base and, and shining shoes. So I grew up watching his entrepreneurial spirit. And before you know it, I picked up uh, that trade. So I was shining and repairing my, my shoes uh, in high school, repairing uh, uh, heels, tips, uh, and as well. So I had the entrepreneur spirit. So that helped me learn how to think with the end in mind. 
I can look at a problem or I can look at something that may be disfigured or maybe discombobulated or maybe out of place and see see how how it will look once once it's complete. So I started doing that, and that's what uh me and my wife, you know, will help us buy uh, our first home. I have uh, two heirs. I have two successors. I have um, my daughter, which is three and a half, and my son, he's one and a half. Um, and uh, and we own a home here in uh, Rancho San Diego. But so that's what helped uh, my cobbler business. That's what helped me actually uh, purchase my first home with my wife, joint, you know, jointly. And then from there, uh, just having the babies uh, and, and spending my family, uh, I was very labor intensive. And very tedious, you know, so, you know, so I had, uh, you know, uh, I had to evolve as an entrepreneur. And I said, as me being, you know, independent, learning how, you know, the trades and just learning how to use my hand thing with ended mind, what can I do for, for myself and for the masses? So I said, let's get the social networking going. And then, you know, I had a thought of a name and I just thought about myself. I just said, you know, I'm young, black and in business. And I said, that's what I'm going to call it. Young, black and in business. So I just, you know, so and um, our journey has become relatable because I share my pitfalls. I share uh, my flaws. I share my impediments. I share, you know, uh, my challenges and I put it in the manuscript and it becomes relatable to others. I share my pitfalls, like how to do business taxes. You know, that's a that's a dream that I'm overcoming. So I just put that content inside the manuscript. Uh, you know, how do I keep myself uh, healthy and happy and successful? I put that in the manuscript. How do how do I team build? So I pretty pretty much just share my shortcomings in the manuscript and people are able to relate to that. That's a that's amazing. Um, I love the story, too, about your grandfather and, and being a cobbler. Do you still do that work? Uh, yes and no. I say. Uh, I'll say no because people used to flag me down on the freeway. Hey, can you take <laughs> my shoes? Uh, <laughs> people, uh, seriously, people would seriously drop off their items at my doorstep. People would really, um, you know, bring me their accessories. You know, uh, my neighbors would knock on my door. Can you fix this? <laughs> I, I and so at one point it was fun. At one point, uh, um, it was um, it. I was profiting. At one time, I, you know, it was it was generating income where I could say yes. But now since I expanded, I just had to retire. So I've been retired now for about uh, right before COVID-19 is when I changed the business model, changed my way of thinking. 2019, I remember it because uh, just uh, a little short story, real brief. Um, so uh, they're, they're accessories, handbags, luggage, shoes, purses, heels, they're accessories. So individuals are not so apt and so quick to pay for their to get their accessories. So I was riding around with uh, shoes and purses in my trunk and my garage. Now I got a storage. I should be charging the storage fee, especially when the uh, economy kind of tanked a little bit. So I had to, uh, so I had to change that uh, mindset and that philosophy. Um, so that's another reason why I retired, but uh, I was going to retire at 20 in 2020. Then uh, somebody, I had about 12 bags. I had about 12 purses in my garage. And uh, when that person said, I'm coming to pick them up, I said, this party is over. <laughs> <laughs> and I ain't doing this no more because I'm holding on to Louis Vuitton purses and bags and high end items in my trunk. And what if something happens to that? Then I'm liable for it. So uh, after they came up and got those, those luxury uh, Hermes Prada purses and, you know, just to shine them up, just to keep them, you know, oiled up because Nordstrom stopped doing that. They stopped, uh, you know, catering to that, uh, to those high-end bags that they had. 
So a lot of my folks would just come to me because I, I used to have flyers and stuff in front of those shopping centers just to let them know I could repair them. So it, it picked up. So after that large pickup, that party was over of uh, 2019, November 1st. I can remember that date. And that's been a great decision for me. <laughs> kind of freed up my time. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. Retiring at such a young age. Um, what are you what are you doing now? So right now I'm um, I'm I'm young black in business. I'm I'm the president and CEO of Young Black in Business. Uh I just uh, I just got off the air with a jam uh, 95.7 jamming just talking about the career fair. Um today I'll be in the community um um uh, going to small businesses making sure that they're uh see checking their temperature, you know, doing a listening tour just because we're coming out of COVID and working on certain funding opportunities making sure that uh, they're able to stay afloat. I see myself on a, on a certain Fridays being a business defibrillator, like, you know, keeping, you know, just making an assessment, letting them know that somebody, uh, you know, cares about their business. Um, everybody deserves exposure. Everybody deserves recognition. So I'll be knocking on some business doors. How can we recognize you? Um, you know, your business needs exposure. We can provide that for you. We can put you on our platform. Well, I can, uh, it's, it's free to like, share, and comment on the internet. You know, how can we help you? Do I need to make a Yelp, a Yelp a reference? But a little bit about myself too, a, a little bit about my backstory as well that I'll share with you. Um, I had the privilege to be a three-time pageant winner. You know, I've been a Mr. Black San Diego. Um, uh, I was the youngest Mr. Black San Diego. It's a, a competition uh, here in San Diego. It's been around for about 37 years. Um, so you had, it's a pageant. You had a speech, you had a swimsuit, you had to, uh, and you had to be judged by your peers. And it's been on for about 37 years. Um, I had the privilege of being a Mr. Gold Coast Classic uh, when the Southern football the colleges used to come to San Diego and have the game at Qualcomm Stadium. Um, I had the privilege of being a, a Mr. Gold Coast Classic. I've also had the privilege of being a Mr. Heritage uh, here in San Diego that was done by a church here. So I say that to say, once I got like my third title, I knew that I had a sense of responsibility. I knew that I was I was gaining this recognition for a reason, not just to be, uh, you know, hip or cool or just to, uh, you know, not talking bad about anybody, but I knew that it was something a little bit more special. I wouldn't be getting on this recognition if I was just uh, interested in playing video games or watching sports. I knew that I, I had to, uh, empower the people or be a be a be a lighthouse or a beacon I knew that uh, that that was bestowed on me for a reason so then that's why not start just taking helping people taking it seriously to really you know listen learn uh, show empathy compassion and um and I've been learning that the power really is in the people a lot of people have a lot of problems you know I have problems as well so if I can help alleviate that stress if I can help break down those barriers or, or just really just sacrifice a little bit of time, a little bit, a little bit of, you know, caring, um, it'll go a long way. And that's what I believe why, why I'm here today speaking with you. Yeah, absolutely. Your commitment to the community really shows. And I want to talk more about that after this lightning round, uh, just a bunch of quirky questions to get to know you better. The first one is who would play you in your biopic? Who will play me in my biopic? I'm going to tell you, it won't be Will Smith. Uh, I mean, and I was teasing. I was being facetious. Who played me in my biopic? Uh, Obama played me in my biopic. Uh, Obama, the, the former president, he'll play Roosevelt III in my biopic. That's amazing. You know what? You're the second person to say that. I asked um, a woman, <laughs> uh, Kirby, recently, Kirby Brady, uh, who would play her. And she's like, I think 
Michelle Obama. That's bold. You that's bold. That's you know, powerful. I like that's it. Bold. Yeah, <laughs> take, that's amazing. You gotta have Moxie to say something like that. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. What is your perfect San Diego day? Oh, every single day. Um, you know, the uh, palm trees and the sea breeze every single day. Uh, very fortunate to live uh, in a sun belt, um, you know, and with the people, the, the energy, you know, um, the beach, uh, the, the snow, the mountains every single day is a perfect day in San Diego. Seriously, I'm passionate yeah. about that. Yeah, can't argue with that. Do you have a pet peeve? A pet peeve? Uh, yes, I do. And um, my pet peeve will be a... Uh, um, I'm 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 able to solve problems, but I'm not able to solve complaints. You know, mm. bring bring me your problems, and I can solve that. I could do calculus, you know, I could do trigonometry, but I, I'm unable to solve a complaint. Yeah. So, uh, so so complaints is my biggest problem when, when we have the opportunity to solve problems. So hopefully that answers your question. That's yeah. why my pet parties has a has a complaint or so. Ah, let's be solution based because. I could solve problems, but I'm unable to solve complaints. So that's like right. my biggest pet peeve. Yeah. <laughs> I respect that. And that's like, that's good advice. I'm going to use that line. <laughs> Next oh, time somebody's yes. complaining my ear off. There you go. Right, right. Um, let's see. What is your favorite book or movie? Ooh. Ooh. You do Ooh. both or either one. My my favorite book is uh, Of Mice and Man, one of them, um, Of Mice and Man. That means a lot to me. Uh, and also um, uh, From Good to Great by Jim Collins. And um, yeah, and one of my other favorite books uh, is the Bible too, uh, Proverbs. Uh, so I would first say uh, the Bible, Proverbs, is my favorite book. And then I'll go uh, From Good to Great by Jim Collins. And then I'll go Of Mice and Men. And uh, my favorite movie, uh, I like, uh, I'll say The Patriot with Mel Gibson. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Patriot with Mel Gibson. That's my favorite movie. I actually, I don't think I've seen that. Okay. It's going on the list. I know of the movie, of course, but I yeah, just I'm missed a, it somehow. It's a, you know, you know, it's a, uh, it's a, about the revolutionary war and, and it's about passion. Uh, it's about family tradition, you know, honor and uh, something that's bigger than yourself. Sacrifice, legacy, rebuilding, commitment. So yeah. So uh, Mel Gibson, The Patriot, my favorite movie. Yeah, I, I can, <laughs> in your description, I can hear that's very in line with your values. So that makes sense. <laughs> I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it and get back to you. Okay. If you could have a dinner guest, anyone over, uh, living or dead, who would that be? I'm going to say, I'd have to be my great, great grandmother, Grace Darlene Cook. You know, um, yeah, I'm about to bring a tear to my eye. Cause I would want to just, uh, you know, spend one more, you know, spend a dinner with my grandmother as, as I matured into, you know, um, into manhood and to uh, listen and learn from my great, great grandmother. I had, a, um, I spent a lot of time with my great, great grandparents and uh, my great, great grandfather is still living. But if I had to have a dinner uh, right now today, it'd be with my great, great grandmother, Grace Darlene Cook. She was just so, uh, you know, just so passionate. Her middle name is Grace. You know, and ask for a reason because, you know, uh, it's mercy, grace, you know. And so so she was a very, uh, you know, del a delicate uh, woman, very a virtuous woman, uh, knowledgeable. And just to hear her voice and for her to give me some, uh, you know, some, some guidance, just to hear her voice uh, uh, help me, uh, you know, uh, uh, give me strength. Per you know, it'll keep me on purpose. Yeah, that's really beautiful. And I'm sure that she's very proud of you. 
that's right. It's worth in progress. So just to <laughs> see her, you know, just to say, you know, get your act together, you know, straighten up. You know, she, my grandmother taught me, you know, how to wear a belt, you know, and, you know, she just taught me how to have posture. I used to wear my, I didn't always used to wear my shirt tucked in my pants. And she used to tell me that's sloppy. And I didn't understand it at the time. And then when I started, I started, I can't even wear my shirt out of my pants anymore because I, I feel sloppy. Mm-hmm. So I already know she has a lot of, um, so if I was to have dinner with her, I know she'll be able to give me more enlightenment, you know, more, you know, more, I will seek the truth, knowledge and understanding from her. I love that. Yeah. Your grandmother's voice. I have the same thing. My grandmother, when I was a kid, instilled a lot of things in me. One of them is like, never let your nail polish chip. It's sloppy. You know, once oh, it starts chipping, yeah. you got to take it off. And now every time, like I don't do it because I'm like, oh, that's bad. I can't do that. Um, yeah. So thank you to the grandmothers. Definitely. That's right. Yeah. Um, okay. Final question in this lightning round is what is something on your bucket list? Something that you would like to accomplish or do? Well, uh, I have a hundred year plan. I have a hundred year plan and that's what, you know, helps keep me focused. So my definite chief aim is, um, you know, I've had my, I've had, I've had two heirs, you know, so I have my successors. I have a son, RW4. I want to be able to at least, uh, uh, purchase two more homes just so I can give to to my heirs. That's kind of like like on my bucket list, just so they can receive an inheritance. You already have life insurance and things of that nature. Um, I wanted a bucket list uh, in my hundred year plan. I would like to see a RW seven, you know, or or six. So I definitely got to be healthy and happy for that. Just just be able to see the name. I would like my son to keep the name going, and I I like to see um you know a six or a seventh in, in my lifetime. Um, I definitely want to just, you know, just be a, um, a better neighbor, better father, community man, you know, a man um, itself, a bucket list of, yeah, just, you know, just to continue on my hundred year plan as in ultimately I will, in business wise, I would like to purchase a commercial complex and lease out space to early emerging entrepreneurs with a parking lot. So early entrepreneurs can have a, a think tank a think tank space and also a do tank space. Ultimately, I like to create more, more homeowners um, in our region, um, you know, from the Young Black in the Business Network, more in business, create more um, homeowners, you know, uh, but my personal bucket list is, yeah, just to be able to, uh, you know, see, see the sixth and seventh RW3 and for them to be healthy, happy, and successful and for them to be inclined on, on purpose um, and yet yeah, to live out that purpose. And yeah, so that's I mean, amazing. I might be real vague. It's kind of real, real it's vague. Not, no, but, it's, not, it's really not that vague. Yeah. Um, I've never heard anybody say 100-year plan. That's a lot of planning. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, I developed that plan uh, in high school, and I believe that's why um, I may still be on purpose. You know, this this is the decade of generational wealth, uh, young black in the business. Um, so, so yeah, like so out of my life plan. Young Black in the Business, it, this is the decade of generational wealth. That's even what I call one of my magazines, Generational Wealth. So that's pretty much all about, uh, you know, teaching legacy building and even with the community, getting them on board with uh, getting apprenticeships and even with the unions so they can become homeowners and pass on their home and legacy building, get them in career mode, not just having a job and with myself, uh, teach them. Like I said, have heirs because I want them to have an inheritance, you know, be able to give them something. This is the decade of generational wealth. Um, and this is actually uh, the year of uh, 2022. Uh, I like to say it's all about you. It's, it's all about the people. You know, it's all about it's all about the people. So, so yes, so that's where I am uh, with that. Uh, um, are you a millennial? 
I I am 35. Yeah. So you're a millennial. Uh, I think we're older millennials, but you know, something that I hear millennials say a lot is like, oh, we just got such like the short end of the stick, right? Like we graduated during a recession. Houses are so expensive. Now we have a bunch of student debt. Now we've been through a pandemic. Is that the way you see it? Do you think it's, it's extra hard for us or what's your point of view? Well, like I said, when we first started talking, I look for problems because I can solve those. I mean, all of those issues, uh, I didn't ever look at it like that, but I see why a lot of my peers may feel deflated and may feel kind of lightweight defeated or so. I look at it as opportunity. That's another reason why um, I I love to live in San Diego and, you know, because I see uh, all these problems people are having to me is opportunities from the, uh, uh, the, 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 you know, the price of a home, you know, the uh, price of gas, price of living. I see it as, uh, as, as opportunity to, to, to beat the odds, you know, to, I use that, I use that energy, you know, because people are really having those issues and how you said it like that, those are really issues people are really having, but I see it uh, as opposite, but I do see individuals that may not have had a plan, had created a hundred year plan and are, are not maybe like not like living on a, a purpose or or for reason those those impediments become some serious barriers those you know they can become serious barriers people that like live with that luggage thinking that you know that they're you know oh it's we got the short end of the stick you know, the party's over and my mind frame is the party's just getting started so <laughs> I love it. That's such a, that's such a great mentality. Um, well, you know, doing all you've done, accomplishing so much at a young age, like what is your advice for people who want what you have? I would just say, uh, stay encouraged, uh, definitely get that hundred year plan, like that definite chief executive aim, like a definite for sure. Your mind is made up executive. You know, you're the, you're the, you're the CEO of your world. You know, you're the, you're the, you know, executive aim. So like when I was very young, developing my hundred year plan, I told myself that I wanted to be the first black president. That was before Obama. That was before George Bush. So, um, and as I went through my life, I've always held president uh, positions and it just had in hindsight, like I was a president of the 21st century youth leadership team, president of the college career club network. You know, I'm the president and CEO of Young Black and in Business. I just had that thought and I, I cast the line so far out there, even though it was unreachable, unfathomable, even when I get lost, somehow I get realigned back to that path, that vision that I had when I was younger. So to anybody that's listening and reading, you know, this, just develop that, that plan at a very early age and just stick with it. And the plan is, you know, what your heart uh, is telling you. Because a lot of my peers, I notice they get discouraged and get deflated as they mature in life because they get beat down. You know, they, you know, a credit card bill or, you know, they got declined for the house or uh, maybe uh, didn't uh, get the job that they wanted. They keep they get discouraged. They may have got a C and a grade, maybe didn't, you know, whatever it may be. So they lose their vision to see the world through the eyes of a child. So I like to say, you know, like like a Peter Pan. He was able to fly because he he went into his inner child. You know, when you look at the world through the eyes of a child, everybody's a friend. You know, every toy, everything is an opportunity. You know, you, you have more, you have more imagination. You know, so when you view the world through the eyes of a child, you're you're invincible. You know, so I, I still joke and play and still I like to look at the world through the eyes of a child. 
you know, and I, and I, and that's why I believe that I'm able to imagine doing a deal with the Padres. I'm able to imagine the, let me go to the convention center and do a biz con. I'm just, I'm just in, I'm dreaming half the time, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, but through my consistency and through life, I'm able to bring it to fruition and make it happen. Mm. So that would be my words of wisdom, you know, view the world through the eyes of a child. You, you, you definitely can fly and, uh, you know, get a plan at a very early age and, and then just work the plan and keep that plan, you know, and then when you share your plan to your peers, your family, your wife, whoever it is, those are accountability partners, you know, those are accountability partners. Mm-hmm. My, my wife holds me accountable all the time. You, you said you were going to. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, that's so inspiring. Thank you so much for that advice. And thank you for sharing your story. I really admire your drive, you know, your accomplishments uh, and, and your mindset. So thank you so much. I'm going to go make a hundred year plan. I'm a little late on there my you start, go. but <laughs> you've Never inspired me to do it. <laughs> okay, thank awesome. you. Thank you again for tuning in to The News Fix. If there's someone you would like to learn more about in our community, please get in touch. I'm at christy.totten at sduniontribune.com. Thanks for listening.